For nearly two months, we've had on our calendar the release date of Indiana Jones of Destiny. And for nearly two months, we've talked about how we were going to do this podcast about the movie, reviewing the movie, well in advance. And Drew, you saw the movie two hours ago. That It's like the uh, live action version of grabbing your fedora before the door closes. <laughs> We've known about that we were doing this episode for a long time. And you texted me at like noon today. It was like, hey, I'm going to see it at 450. I'm like, great. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I don't know what we'll you be, want from we'll me. We'll real close to 8 o'clock start time. Yeah, no. And you did a great job getting back in time. Uh, but my goodness, the balls that you if have. If you want to do a really good archaeology movie, you've got to have someone putting the research in on the front. And you've got to have somebody who just shows up and is not afraid to punch a dead skulls and priceless artifacts in the face <laughs> right you decide yeah. who's who um you you guys decide uh it's indiana jones and dial of destiny uh directed by james mangold this is the first movie in the series that was not directed by S- steven spielberg mm-hmm. steven spielberg mm-hmm. that is right Poof, i was thinking i was about to say it i was like man that doesn't sound oh, that is right i'm a genius um, James Mangold, the director of Logan, and I'm sure other things. Um, <laughs> and list over. This movie, with an estimated budget of $290 million and a $60 million opening weekend in the U.S. and Canada. Interesting. I'm not sure I've seen them preface U.S. and Canada on IMDb before. Um, that's pretty they just wild. just don't want to be worse than The Flash? Got a gross worldwide of $250 million. So chances are not making its money back. Um, I so I, I started looking up. I just thought it'd be interesting to see how Rotten Tomatoes views this series of movies, of which there are five. Yes, Drew, would you like to take a guess at the number one rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes of the Indian Jones? La- Last Crusade. Last Crusade comes in at number two. Then Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark at number one. Would you like to know what number three is? It's probably this one. It is Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal that Skull. That can't possibly be correct. It's on here. Then number four is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And in the rear, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny with a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Uh, whereas Raiders of the Lost Ark was 93%. Last Crusade, 84%. Which is interesting because I think if you talk to most people, the Last Crusade would be uh, their favorite. If I had to guess, I think that one relies more heavily on nostalgia and wrapping things up so nicely. For and, the, and the amazingness and of Sean Kingdom. Connery. And the amazingness of Sean Connery. Yeah, you're not wrong with that. And the Holy Grail. <laughs> um, anyways, this movie, uh, The Dial of Destiny, we've known about it for a long time. It's been in production for a very long time. I believe this, like 2019, it was. I was going to say, at least three years. That's how long the visual effects team has been going on it. Yeah, yeah, that's we we talked about in the last episode that uh, it came out. There was a hundred different visual effects artists working for three years on de aging Harrison Ford, which I think I mean I don't want to tell these people how to spend their time, but I would say job well done. Like that was worth. Yeah, that looked exactly like young Harrison Ford. I and I do want to say this. Yes, it did look exactly like young Harrison Ford. It still sounded like old Harrison Ford. 
It did still sound like old Harrison. He, he's still yeah. too gravelly no, 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 no. and like, you know, like that. Yeah. And unless Speaking he used of- to like be like velvet wrapped steel. We're like, you know, he's tough under there, but like, man, is it smooth. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, now he's kind of <laughs> like rocks that get caught in your lawnmower. Like, it's dangerous, so don't f*** with it, because you'll die. I mean, I thought the, the aging they did on him, on Mads Mikkelsen, uh, was incredible. Yeah. Really, really cool. Doesn't it, um, speaking of Harrison Ford being older... Did it not, like, every time he took a hit or, like, even kind of jogged or, like, sat down in a chair, were you not just like, oh, watch your hip. Like, oh, please take care of yourself. <laughs> like, every time he moved, I was like, oh, no, this this is probably hurt him physically as a human. Seeing an 80-year-old Harrison Ford jumping from car to car and knocking out Nazis with a single punch again. Was, a machine gun punch. was cool. The machine gun punch. But I was like... Boy, you're old. <laughs> you, like, he looks old. The, you know? the moments I really noticed it were when you could tell it was truly him in that shot, right? Like, jumping from car to car, that's not him, right? But in the moments when he's like, hey, Wombat, and then he turns and walks away, and they keep the camera on him for like three seconds, and you just see his like shoulders kind of slumped a little forward, and he kind of like, yeah. does the old man like, Waits on this foot, waits on that foot. Ugh. And it's not it's not anything bad. Like a dude looks great for 80. Like I hope to do the same thing. Like that that's amazing. That's life goals. But that's the moments when you're like, ooh, yeah, you're not like you aren't really climbing that stone wall, are you? No, sure not. Yeah, can't can't be. Um, I think my favorite <laughs> moment of the movie when they were climbing up the stone wall. And uh, Phoebe Waller Bridges, Phoebe Phoebe Bridges Waller, Phoebe Waller Bridges. I think it's that one. The girl from Fleabag, and she calls up to him and she goes, "What are you doing?" And he said, "He goes thinking." She's like, well, "About what?" He's like, "Why am I climbing this wall? Yeah, hey, my why I've been shot nine times." He kind of goes, had to drink the blood of whatever, and he he makes Tortured a reference by to voodoo. All the movies. Yes, there's that one. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really a great bit, um, where obviously he was not climbing up the rest of that wall the whole way. Uh, my biggest pro I can say for this movie, as we kind of go into the pros here, was that this felt like an Indiana Jones movie, for better and for worse. Sure. Um, I thought the score was incredible, mm-hmm. and it took me like right back to the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was so good. Uh, and like the way it was shot and the way they transitioned stuff and the exterior shots that they showed was all very, very reminiscent of um, Raiders and the Last Crusade. And so I think that James Mangold, this was kind of like his love letter to Indiana Jones, if you will, where he paid homage to uh, the movies that came before him in a really fun and uh, cool way, I think, to please the fans you know, more so than to like make a great movie. Yeah, and I think especially the first opening scene that first 15 minutes or whatever is is truly that a love letter to indiana jones and fans of being like i i love it for the same reasons you love it look at this scene i made for you and it's it's just all the highlights indiana jones in a nazi uniform with a bag over his head saying something witty and quippy then almost dying then getting bailed out for something he didn't do then barely surviving that 
then machine gun punching some Nazis, uh, car chases. There's a train scene where he, then at one point yep. he just has to like he just has to like play it cool, right? Not punch all the Nazis. He's got to play it oh, cool. Oh yeah, like that uh, you get the Wil- yeah. Wilhelm scream. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean you're getting it all. He's he's doing the whole like oh I got to find the artifacts. It's pretty great. Like it's everything that you love about Indiana Jones movies, and then. It, that part's over and they're like now now for the rest of the story yeah and and also part of that i think is endangering a small child and a uh, young woman putting them both in harm's way time and time again and you know getting to walk away and laugh about it the fight scenes i thought were all really good especially like we were saying when you've got to cater to our star is 80 so we're gonna have to do oh some, I, for, some I forgot another one of the great here. ones with the the hat over the face and then the punch to the yeah yes the mm-hmm. hat face one yep yep the guy who plays the Corinthian in um yeah nightmare uh, the the dream nightmare one dust sandman. sandman there you go and uh, Mads Mikkelsen I thought were incredible like Mads Mikkelsen's doing like a great over the top Indiana Jones bad yeah. guy and the Corinthians doing like a great Indiana Jones nameless henchmen who won't die yeah. and i thought they were they were probably my favorite parts of this movie was watching those two guys be just like the worst and and you don't really like know why or care why you don't need backstory for either one of them it's just i good. also love that they introduced like the jaws type character from uh james bond just yeah. a big hulking yeah. guy that doesn't say anything and just grabs people and is like, mm, come over here. He was cool too. Did you? How did you feel about Phoebe Waller-Bridge's performance? Um, I had that note on here too about like thoughts on Wombat. Um, I don't know. It was hard to be like, what's your thoughts on what's Wombat? your deal? Right. Like, yeah. Do you love the memory of your father? Do you just love being a treasure hunter and and getting money? You seem to be oscillating between both. Like, you're trying to be the scoundrel with the heart of gold. And I get that. But I don't know. I'd like to see... I I wish we had a little bit more time to, like, truly know more of her backstory. I get it. It was already a two-hour and 15-minute movie. So, like, yeah, I don't have time for that. All right? They serve really big Cokes at theaters now. Like, we we got (laughs) to... We we don't have time for two and a half hours. Yeah, I I thought that uh, I don't think she took away from the movie. For no, me, but I was just kind of like, man, are you? Are we ever going to get anything other than like you're you're quippy and you're like we don't really know if we can trust you? And the answer was no, we will not. We'll get a flashback scene uh, that doesn't really have to do with a whole lot about you, but uh, or why you became who you became. And I also had this thought too. They introduced her character. Shuffling a deck of cards yep. in the first in the first act of the movie, in the second act of the movie, she pulls off a card trick where she tells you that she forced the card and that's how yep. you know it works and how she does it. And then and then nothing ever happened. Like, what was the point of that? What if she had like pulled off a great like gambit at the end by forcing somebody's hand to pull something? And I'd be like, oh. That's why you did those things yeah, in this movie. Yeah, it was... The fact that you didn't... It was them showing, like, this is what Archimedes did with the dial, right? He, like, they said it was always going to come to this point. Like, he... 
Basically, oh. he made them believe you could go to anywhere in time, but that dial was always going to take you back to that moment in the Battle of Sicily so that whoever came through it would defeat the Romans. So it's Archimedes forcing you to take the card he wants you to take. Are you serious? Is that ever like explicitly yes. stated? No. Yeah, because when they're talking in Greek, you got to read the subtitles. Because at one point, Harrison Ford no. is like, I didn't think I would meet the great Archimedes. And he goes, you were always going to meet me. And he goes, yes. and he goes, the thing, I forget exactly what the word is. He goes, it always comes to this point, is basically what. He goes, it was always going to come. Yes. Here. Yeah, yeah, No, I, that part I caught. But at no point was did they refer to it as the forced card trick or whatever. Yeah, but Phoebe Br- Phoebe Waller Bridge didn't turn around and go just like my card trick from earlier. I think they were hoping okay. that you would catch I, on. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Oh my I gosh! Oh, nice, please, internet, true. defend me. Get in the comments. Get in the comments. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way that would be incredible if that was true. But I it's think hundred percent true. I think. I, I, I just saw just needed, it like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> I think they just needed Wombat's character to have like a weird quirky thing that she does besides steal stuff and shoot people. And it was, oh, card trick. Great. Because um, if that had been, they would have turned around and been like, ah, the the forced card illusion. And be like, oh, from earlier. Because you don't, you don't hide something that's subtle. I I like what you're doing. I just disagree with it wholeheartedly. I don't want to punch you. Well, machine gun punch? Um. And then I would do the Wilhelm scream. I'll go, wow! That was bad. That was a bad one. That was pretty close. Um, no, try to no, get... I, I'm, no, no, we're okay. The other thing that... I think... Uh, I just... I don't understand <laughs> how they're... What? 20 years removed from World War II? No. Yeah. 20 years removed. Like, everybody should... Nazis should still be fresh of mind. And... <laughs> When a it shouldn't when be that a, hard to convince when a, when a slightly accented white guy who's a professor and builds the rockets that go to the moon gets accused sure. of being a Nazi, maybe everybody in the room shouldn't just be like, "No, nah, we don't believe you." Like maybe one person should yeah. be like, "Maybe he's a Nazi." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was the one thing that I was like, th- this dude has probably punched more Nazis than anybody in living history. <laughs> it's Indiana Jones and the Inglorious Bastards. Most if one person, most Nazi kills. And one person could spot. Yeah, the one yeah. guy could be like, I saw you and I know for a fact you're a Nazi. We should just probably take the old man at his word on this one. Uh, I do think that back to Phoebe Waller-Bridges and... and um, Wombat. I do think that she was a better co-star than Shia LaBeouf. I, I I was a big fan of her over the beef, and it's not close. Did you like what they did with Shia LaBeouf's character? That he died heroically in the war to piss his dad off. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, and you know that movie that no one really liked. Well, we're just gonna we're gonna put a kibosh on the whole thing. He's dead. Yeah, well, which was it. nice because it explains in two sentences why he's dead and not around, while why Harrison Ford is really sad and why Marion's not around. So thank you for smoking. <laughs> yes, thank you for smokingism on that one. It was good, uh, and it was delivered well. Mm-hmm. I thought too. Um, why was Antonio Banderas in the movie? 
Oof, yes, that is my last my last note is Antonio Banderas with four question marks. Why was he in this movie? Do you think he's just a I big think he's fan just a big fan. I think he's just a big fan. There's no way they're like hey, Antonio, we've got the perfect role for you in this movie. Do you want to hear about it? And he's like, sure. I'm like, yeah. Okay, you're gonna have four lines and you're gonna be shot very quickly after you're introduced. And he was like, Oh, great. I Am mean, I gonna do any of the action? That? You're gonna do none of the action. You're gonna You'll do none. You're gonna quickly explain how air underwater works, and then you're gonna yep. stay there. Yep. And then you're gonna die. You're gonna sure. be fascinated by a car he... trick, and that's gonna be important in the third act. It's gonna be very, very <laughs> it's gonna it be very, not... very important. And all the will, audience will, will understand. Be, it, it will be implicit, if at all. Um, I had something else. Oh, uh, the we don't get the cons yet. Still staying the good. Side I of do things. love that. I don't know if they did this on purpose. I don't know if it's truly called a tuck tuck, but uh, they when Harrison Ford was like, "I'm stuck in Tangiers and uh, with a broken tuck tuck and two criminals." <laughs> Um, that's his, that's his lawnmower voice. And that was a really good Harrison, old Harrison Ford. Thank you. No, that was too much. Um, but he says like with a broken tuck tuck and I don't know if that's like what that's really called or not, but it sounded really close or maybe it was ton ton. It might've been a ton ton and it sounded really close Mm. to what he was writing and Tauntaun. Yeah, yep. it's like your Tauntaun mm-hmm. won't make it past the first marker. He's like, well, I'll see you in hell. It's like, did did you guys <laughs> just give me a nod to his other trilogy? Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. That would be great if so, yeah. Uh, I did not notice the Tauntaun or Tauntaun reference. Man, maybe I uh, saw this movie too late at night. Maybe I was too sleepy. Maybe I should have uh, caught some more. Maybe you should oh, see it geez. 30 minutes before we record. It's fresh. That could also be helpful, yeah. The uh, the snake eel yeah. things, uh, where the kid was like, they're like snakes. He's like, no, they're not. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. great. Uh, as a callback to snakes, why snakes? Why is it always snakes? Um, I said, why is it always snakes? Or I hate snakes. Snakes, I hate. Snakes. Why is it always snakes? It's both. Why is it always snakes? Oh, there you go. Okay, it's really crazy. And then the second one, the uh, the third one, he says Nazis. I hate Nazis. Why is it always Nazis? Yeah. Uh, I was going to say the only other thing I loved is that it seemed to incorporate, and we touched on this in the, the opening sequence as well, but it seemed to incorporate all of the little things from all the other movies. Um, you get you get the big bugs, um, which is reminiscent of mm. the um, man-eating beetles in, in the yep. fourth one and all the bugs that were in the second one. Um, yep. You get the sun coming through the rock at the right time putting the crescent moon on the thing which is very reminiscent of raiders um you you get lots of little things where uh the train scene where he's digging through trying to find the artifacts and whatnot like in um last crusade when it's played by river Mm -hmm. phoenix so there were just little things throughout that were like remember this kind of from earlier in the franchise all right that's for you keep going and uh, it was it was like a nice little fedora tip of the hat to the audience to be like that's that's for you look at this whip i don't know how it doesn't get shot a million times <laughs> look at this whip <laughs> yeah another thing they brought back from the original movies 
was that the bad guys cannot could not hit the broadside of a Can't barn do it. door. The only the only, the only get... person that got close to shooting him besides the guy that shot him was uh, Bass. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say. When they oh, set yeah. up in the opening sequence, they created a character that sounds exactly like the same cadence as Harrison Ford would say, Dad! So that, like he did all the time in Last Crusade. And now he's saying, Bass! So like he was saying it literally oh, the exact yeah. same cadence. It made my heart so happy. Yeah. It sounded like he was calling wow. out to Sean Connery's ghost. Wow. Um, yeah, Toby Jones, who plays Bass. Yeah. I thought he did fine for... He's, Playing the character that he normally plays. Eccentric, <laughs> a little crazy. Oh, usually a mathematician. Or some a kind of scientist. Of kind. He can't look like yeah, him and not yeah. be a scientist. Which is what I'm sure all sure, of his acting yeah. teachers told him. I already talked about the card game, which the card trick, which literally never comes back up into the movie, as we've agreed upon. Uh, some of See the, the things that did not, that I did not think worked uh, as well... Felt like we bit off a little bit more than we could chew here. In a 150-minute movie, it, it sure felt like we were talking earlier, Phoebe Waller-Bridge character. What's her? Wombat? Her, Wombat. I'm not calling her yeah. Wombat. That's, yeah, that's a mouthful. Wombat's character did not seem to have a whole lot of legs to stand on. Like, why did she save Indy at the end? Why did she go through the trouble of getting Marion? I didn't love the ending either, where, like, he decides to stay with Archimedes, and then she's like, you can't! And it's like, but why? And why does he want to? All that felt kind of like, guys, we got to wrap this him, up. How do him we wanting to stay, He's, I was there for, because I was like, hey, this is a dude that's like, I'm old. I have nothing left to go back for. I'm dying actively. And my... Active. And the thing I have spent my entire life studying is alive around me. Let me enjoy this because no other person in the history of the world will be able to do what I'm about to do. And she stole that from him. She stole that opportunity. And for what? Love? What? Come on. <laughs> I thought it would be, I thought maybe possibly a better ending would have been the guy who's always chased uh, artifacts and history. He has a chance to stay in the past and he chooses the present over the past. If it was his choice, that would be character growth and Ah, you know, we're we're full circle now. Instead, uh, what I assume is a 130-pound woman punches him once in the face and knocks him out, carries his body into a plane that has clearly only two seats, driven by a nine-year-old to fly back through space and time uh, before he bleeds out. That, to me, was like, I think I could have pieced these last parts together here. On that last scene, man, so many things. One, I was convinced sure. that they're. I was like, oh, they just saw the movie Timeline for the first time. And, <laughs> right? and they yes. were like, that's so cool. Nobody saw this movie, so let's yeah. do that. Um, and I thought we were going to see like Harrison Ford, like a statue to him. Like oh. in the future. And Phoebe Waller-Bridges was going to be like, sure. I, know who, I know that man. He was kind of my dad, but not really. He was never around. But then for like a day, he was kind of like my dad. Uh, I would have taken that ending over what we got. And then to. the other thing was um, hmm, the fact that Mads McKellar's character was like, "We have to turn around. We only have a few minutes before the portal closes." And then they took a long time to to get anywhere near that plane. Well, how about that? How about this? Um, you, they've got the plane. We're, we're towards the end of the movie still. 
in the plane flying over um, Alexandria, right? Sicily. Which is in, as we all know, is in Alexandria. Nope. Um, they've got the plane, and they float right over the Roman army in the Got warships. way too close. Got way too close. I don't know why they, they were like, oh man, like let's of, go down to get a closer look. Pull up! <laughs> yeah, maybe pull up. They've got catapults and bows and arrows. You can fly for miles over them and be just I'm wondering why we didn't shoot down more planes during World War II. Apparently, it's pretty freaking easy. (laughs) Apparently, you could take a pistol and just over your head, bam, 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 and you probably hit something important. That is how they shot down the Red Baron. Um, All right. (laughs) Yeah, one guy with a pistol in a trench, or with a rifle in a trench. In in Sicily. No, not in Sicily. That would have been way too cool. That would have been too cool. Oh, another great thing from the Indian Jones movies, when he's traveling across the world, they do the they do the map tracker yep, thing. Yep. I love that. I think that's such a cool Indiana Jones thing. Anytime I see that in another movie, I'm like, they're doing the Indiana Jones thing. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. And then for, for someone like me, who is geographically challenged, um, I could maybe get five of the 50 states correct on a map if you gave me a blank one. Now I can give myself 10 maybe. When they go from all these other places in the world that, like, yeah, I've heard of them before a long time ago and don't care, didn't care then, still don't now, I get kind of, like, pretzel-brained uh, about, like, where they are and why they're going here. And is when when um, when they get when they do the car chase scene outside of the casino and she's like, where are we going? He's like, well, I'm going to take a train. And the, the train, I'm going to flight to this place so I can get on a boat with Antonio Banderas. It's like... Okay, yeah, like I that's a lot for me to unpack right now. The three trips, the three cities you're headed to, and how you're getting to all of them. So that map is really helpful for me to see where we're going and why, maybe. Uh, but I love that about Indiana Jones. That's another really fun tidbit. Um, can you put the new short round? What was his name? Uh, Teddy. Teddy, who was also a fun little He'll win an Oscar in about 45 years. There you go. Wow, nice. I love that you got to that before me. I didn't have that in my notes anywhere. Perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> so glad for you. Um, boy, what did I say? That really threw me. Mm-hmm. Listen, you can cut it later and you can say it and I'll laugh really hard at it. All right, if that'll make you feel good. Don't do that to me. Don't, don't, don't do this to me. Oh, he straight up murders Jaws guy yep. by handcuffing him underwater. Yep. Uh, and and <laughs> I was like, that is brutal. That's the most brutal death scene in the no whole movie. No counseling needed for him. Just straight on to ice cream. Yeah. Um, it's just kept Also, going. apparently that kid is like a human map. I don't know if he like splits sure. his time with Dora the Explorer. Yeah. Because he's trying to like backseat drive Indiana Jones all the time. Turns out Indiana Jones knows where he's going. But secondly, he finds Phoebe Waller-Bridges and is like, come with me. I know the way on the back side of the cave that he never got. It's like, okay. All right. Anyway. Um, oh, speaking of that, then when they're leaving out the back, he makes the big guy break the bridge. So they'll fall in the water. Right. Uh, I mean, yes. Is the bridge not broken? When he you see that? it, uh, there's a guy around the side who's holding the rope at one point on, on the broken side. And it's, he's pulling the tension to pull it back up. I don't know how he got back oh, across okay. the bridge. Sure. But yeah. they do they do show somebody pulling it and making it taut. 
when Wombat and Teddy are leaving the uh, magical cave that Teddy knows all the way through, they I see them walking back across the bridge, and I was like, they don't walk back across the bridge. I sworn I saw the that the Germans, the Nazis are walking across the back the bridge, and they're like at a different high point and i don't know if you've seen national treasure or not but the designers would have built a secondary exit tunnel they would have had to in case of cave-ins <laughs> was this movie not exactly national oh i thought treasure. that i, I, I thought exactly. it so many times in fact when they were going into the yeah. cave of dionysus or whatever i was like oh this is national treasure too this is what this is I've what it is one. I I missed that reference. I don't think I've seen that movie. Well, National Treasure but, Two is where they go into the like head of Mount Rushmore because there's like secret treasure in there, and so sure. they were like, "Oh, Archimedes just picked a different like famous thing for him and hid it in there, and nobody thought to ever look." What? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I will say this: I did not see the twist coming in this movie, and I'm an idiot for that. When they're at Archimedes' tomb and they're like, "These eagles have propellers." He's wearing a watch. This isn't invented for a thousand years. I was like, boy, how are they going to wrap this up in 30 minutes? I don't understand. I I did not at all see them going back uh, all the way back in time there uh, to 24 BC or whatever it was. Just one time I want Indiana Jones to be wrong where he is like, man, this tablet, it's heavy. It's too heavy. I need to light it on fire. What but like, but like, fire? not tell yeah. anybody, not run that idea by anybody. Just light it on fire, and then it turns out it just burns up. And they're like, yeah. "Oh shit, dude!" Oh. And he's like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." Sorry, 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 sorry. Do you still do you remember what it said? Do you remember what it said? Please tell me you remember what it said. <laughs> um, the oh, but I thought his best line, uh was when he was talking about continental drift as they're about to go through the wormhole yeah. thing. He's like, he didn't know about our, our continental drift. I don't know where we're going, but it's sure as hell not 1944, 1939. I thought that was such a great Harrison Ford line. That was fun for me to see. Again. Yeah. Uh, I I also like the, his little quips about the war. Like, you should have you should have stayed out of this. And he's like, you should have stayed out of Poland. It's like, yeah, okay, nice. Ha ha, got them again. <laughs> yeah. Punch them while they're down. They're Nazis. Um, I do want to point out one important thing, and I think I've talked about it before on the show, but Indiana Jones is the worst archaeologist that's ever existed. <laughs> he just absolutely is. And he just keeps reaffirming it because he just keeps breaking everything with so little regard for any of it. Uh, and even at the university that he has spent the last 10 years slaving over, poorly teaching at, boring his students to death, hiding important artifacts. The moment there's a kerfuffle, he knocks over 13 rows of what I can only assume are important archaeological finds. And it's just like, it's just like, F these. It's fine. Held up by... Industrial grade racking. Now, if they oh got it God. galvanized, there's a good chance he couldn't have knocked it over if they had if they'd installed it correctly. Uh, I did. I do. It's 1969. They weren't galvanizing anything. That rocket ship was held together by duct tape. <laughs> well, Stanley Kubrick had some had some help, so there's a chance it was better than duct tape. Um, let's see. Other things didn't love about this movie. We talked about Antonio Banderas. That was tough. The was that whole 
eel thing needed whatsoever at The thing all. I'm you confused know, about on the eel thing, and maybe I missed it, but I thought at one point he turned around and the the tension was was building because he was wrapped around the pole with his like his air tank and stuff. The wires were wrapped around the pole. And I was like, oh no, how's he going to get out of that? And then he just kept backing up and was out. And I was like, did you, did I miss see that? I, I have to see it again. Because I, I thought that they were trying to be like, that. he's going to get stuck. And then they're like, now he's out. I also want to ask, is the, uh, is the fourth guy just the worst diver ever? Like your oxygen tank gets cut. And instead of like, I'm going to try to swim upwards. You're just like, oh, I'm going to breathe again. I'm going to breathe in all this water. I know I have this life vest on, and I could hit it like they apparently do for the other three people. Sure. But, uh, no. I thought that there was something about if you lose oxygen down there, you like get knocked out or whatever because of the pressure. No, I don't know. Why did they cut only that one and not the other three? It was really lucky they didn't cut any of the Japanese right? one, or else they'd have been screwed. They never would have found anything, yeah. Um, oh, which just brings to another good point. The in most of these movies, Indiana Jones movies, he gets caught by the bad guy every time, and multiple they keep times. Him alive for kind of a dumb reason, and but it like gets him to the end. This there was like no reason whatsoever for them to keep letting him live when they had him dead to rights like four times. So in the end, when they bring him on the plane so they can go back to Nazi Germany, it's like, what are you what are you doing? Like, why? Why would you take him with you? Made no sense, but they had... Yeah, things. normally they're like, he's got some bit of knowledge that we need to get out of him, right? So bring him with us, and he'll, you right. know, he'll show us when we get there. But in this one, they were like, we have everything we need. I guess he was gloating, like, I'm going to show like, I'm going to deliver him to the Fuhrer or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, he's not going to deliver him. He's going to blow up. His, I don't I don't know what Matt McKellar's plan was, but... I agree with you. It was uh, contrite it's Im- and kind of dumb. It's important to me that you know that his name is Mad Mickelson. Yeah, whatever. Jennifer Mickelson. I was going to say, is he married um, to Jessica Gardner? Uh, the, I thought the ending, even though I disagreed with how they got there, uh, Mary yeah. having his, him say, well, where, where doesn't it hurt? And Here. Points her elbow first and then does a Here. thing, which is from the first movie. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was fun and nice and good. And then the last shot was Indy grabbing his hat out yep. from the from the windowsill. Um, I thought that was all real nice. Um, but I just really can't get over how they decided to get him back to 1969, I was okay with it. There's When you go back and watch the older movies, like especially Last Crusade as mm-hmm. well, there's just so many plot holes that they're just like, don't ask any more questions. Look how, look how much fun you're having. Sure. And they're yeah. right. Like, I'm not mad at it. I'm just like, how did they get from where to where? Why did they ask no more questions about what just happened at that thing? Oh, we're moving on. New scene. And, oh, wow, what kind of fun thing is happening here? Um, and I'm entertained, so I'm I'm having a good time all the time. So I think the reason those ratings get worse as they go along is that audiences be- have become more sophisticated, and a 2020 audience doesn't is going to expect more out of their movie than a 1980s audience. But when you make a movie that was from a 1980s trilogy, we want to feel the same way we did when we saw that movie. I say we. When the audience first saw that movie for the first time. 
right? And they, they want to feel yeah. that same way. So give us all the nostalgia, give us all those original things, but also entertain us and challenge us on a deeper level than you did back then. But but don't change anything, but make it better. But if you change too much, I'll hate you forever. <laughs> right? That's, you know, that's a good point. You brought that up with the, uh, I think, the Star Wars uh, sequels originally. When you're like, what were you gonna, what were you gonna do? You know, you were either gonna stay too close to the, uh, mat- the original material or go too far away. There was no way to win that, and I think that yeah, the only way to to do it um, is to make something inside the universe that isn't exactly that, right? You make the Mandalorian, right? Right? You make something that's inside the universe, Rogue but one. a little bit more removed, and you can tell a new and fun story in a new and fun way. And everybody goes, wow, that's so good. And then you're like, all right, but here's the main canon. And we're like, boo, you didn't do exactly what you did 40 years ago. Boo. Um, So, yeah, there's just no pleasing us. We're the worst. If you're going to have an impossible task, you have to assign it to John Wick. That's how it goes. (laughs) Give John Wick the task of writing the the sequel to Star Wars. I love that. Uh, Overall, what was your overall impression of this movie? I had a really good time. Uh, I thought that they did enough glad handing and nostalgia nods uh, to make me go, oh, yes, that reminds me of all the things that I love about Indiana Jones without being too over the top on the other way. Like the things that got me out of Crystal Skull were one aliens and two um, the the fridge exploding like him surviving a nuclear blast in the fridge. Just I'll never get over it. It's the dumbest thing. Mm. And him just walking away and being like, I'm fine. It's like, okay, I get it. I want my action here to have some plot armor, but like, this is too much. And sure. like, I'm okay if a Nazi misses him with a bullet from point blank range. Like, I, I, I'm i like, yeah, you can't hit Indiana Jones. You, you're not allowed to do that. But like, an explosion? Come on. <laughs> did you just call it, what did, what did you just call it? Armor? Plot armor? Plot armor. I love that. Did you create no. that? No, that I've never that heard the is, term. That is not a DC original. <laughs> For listeners at home that might be confused, my my initials are DC. <laughs> um, yeah, that was my thought walking out. Was I kind of wanted it to be like this huge, like awesome, you know, end game level like type of movie where it brings everything together. I was kind of hoping they'd go back in time and he'd be the one who, like, you know accidentally pushed the huge boulder down the down the thing from the first one and the whatever uh, i was kind of hoping for that to like tie it all together and bring it into a close and once i realized that it wasn't that and i was able to just kind of sit back and enjoy i had a good time during the movie i don't know that it's a good good movie or a great movie couldn't such an one to go with first there can't decide i don't know that it, if it's a good movie or like a great movie but i had a lot of fun watching it um and it felt like Indiana Jones, which, if that is the best thing that you can say about a legacy movie like this, that it felt like the original movie, then I kind of think that you know, the rest is That's awesome. where I'm at, of like, it's not the greatest movie of the year, even of the decade. I mean, it's not even like going to be close to top 10, but it was a fun movie that I had a good time and I felt like was a nice wrap up to Indiana Jones paying homage respectfully and in a good way and like to be clear i hope this is the wrap-up like don't make another one. Oh, you said yeah done. good like yeah. let it be done um i don't care if you try to use phoebe waller bridges in a spinoff of doing something else don't call it indiana jones call it you know something else but 
uh, it can be in the Indiana Jones. It can be a blah 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 and Indiana Jones movie. That's fine. But uh, sure, I it felt like a nice send off into the sunset for a hero that we've loved for a long time. It's definitely not the greatest movie in the world, but they didn't dishonor him on the way out the door. Right. Yeah. No, I'm with that. I like this is my sixth favorite movie of 2023. Smashed right in between Super Mario Bros. and Dungeons and Dragons. So I mean, you could have a worse you could have a worse outing than that. In the last episode I said twenty twenty three was the summer of spy movies. What I should have said was twenty twenty is the decade of uh timeline movies. They're just we just yeah, we're everywhere. all in love with it and we can't get over it. I don't know if this goes in waves. Like I know the eighties we had some, you know, back to the futures and things like that where we're like, oh time, what if time was weird? And now we're like back in it. I don't know if time movies are like fashion where they just have to cycle every 30, 40 years and then they come back in mm-hmm. vogue. But man, I don't I didn't think I needed an Indiana Jones time travel movie, and it turns out I didn't. But sure. like whatever. Um <laughs> Any final thoughts, Drew? Uh, what do you think? Oh, man. I thought the biggest difference in the original movies to now was him as a teacher. Him as a young teacher. He was captivating <laughs> and telling fun sure. things and, you know, trying to discourage like it's X never marks the spot and, you know, whatever. And then he had students that were in love with him and he was in his office hours and people are literally banging down the door to get to him because apparently he's you know a hard teacher and everybody wants to be around him i don't know to now he's so boring and he's like disrespecting yeah he's disrespecting his students being like fine i'll spoon feed it to you and everybody's just asleep and he's i was like oh man that's the problem that's the problem right there with tenure. I, I hope I hope that was the point of the movie. I hope the point of the movie was like a, a scathing review on tenure uh, and the and the wow. broken academia system that is college academics. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think that was the biggest takeaway I took from it. No, I I love this movie. I had a good time. It, I'm probably not going to need to see it again until I get on like an Indiana Jones kick and watch all of them in a row. And then I'll skip crystal skull. Yeah. Cause I have a soul, but it, it was a, it was a nice ride off into the sunset, even though they actually did a ride off into the sunset in last crusade. Yep. Dude, that's a good point. Yeah. This is a uh, really good eight year old flying a uh, world war two uh, style plane into a black hole. Um, is what this was. Technically. Speaking. I don't think that one, technically speaking, I don't think that one was a world war two style plane. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Okay. You you win. I lose. Thank you. Thank you for that. For your, your immense knowledge on World War II planes and geography. It has really helped a lot, actually. I mean, time. honestly, that's what I'm here for. That's why I went to Marshall and took classes from Indiana Jones. I hate you so Thank you for listening to Not the Podcast You Deserve as we talked about the latest installment in the Indiana Jones saga. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, thank you for listening to Not the Podcast You Deserve. Please reach out to us on Twitter and let us know what we missed, uh, what you thought, and tell Kyle that he's wrong about the card trick thing and that I was totally right. There's just no way. Thanks for listening. This is Not the Podcast You Deserve. <laughs> <laughs>